from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans, and yet, There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Ridiculous Romance, or in this week, it's Recryptulous Romance. <laughs> Our special Halloween series. If you're just listening to the show for the first time this week, uh, welcome. <laughs> We're so glad to have you. Uh, this is a, a special spooky series we do where we take all our creepy episodes, ghosts and ghouls, and a couple of just scary murders. Mm-hmm. You know, tis the season. Yes, yeah, Halloween. Season. And the theme song is uh, obviously a self-parody. Of our usual theme song. <laughs> so if someone's listening to it and going, the hell is this show about? Who, who do these people think they are? Why are they telling me to go to hell? <laughs> uh, I'm excited. I love the end of October. Mm-hmm. Love all of October. Really, honestly, just love the fall. That's true. It's you my do time. Love fall. It's my time. It's my time. I don't think I have a time. 
all times are uncomfortable for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm either cold or hot. Either way, I'm going to bitch That's about fair. it. That's fair. You're not. Uh, <laughs> well, you like the mid-range stuff. Who you like a nice Who 74 does? degrees and sunny. <laughs> you're like, you, you're unusual. You like a temperate climate. <laughs> not too hot, not too right. cold. All you need is a light jacket. Um, We are getting into the mood around here. We watched Werewolf by Night yeah. the other night. The Marvel werewolf thing on Disney. It's great. So I loved fun. it. Loved, loved it. it. It did kind of make me want to watch like a B-movie from the 60s or 70s. I'll tell you who to call. Who to call? Barbara Banks. Call That's my true. mom. That's She's so got. True. She loves them. She's always on Shutter and Slither and yeah, always watching a, those. Need a creature feature. Yeah. Uh, recommendation. That's true. Oh, she loves them. Don't go far from Barbara. Right. She's seen them all. <laughs> she has detailed remember, reviews. I don't remember what movie it was we were talking about the other day. Some horror movie, and I said I heard it's really bad, and she was like, "Well." That sounds right up my alley then. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> now yeah. I'm more interested. Definitely. <laughs> I love it. But Werewolf by Night, I might watch that every year. That's yeah, a very good that Halloween was a movie. good Halloween. Yeah, and yeah. it was only an hour. It was like perfect. Uh-huh. And the, how about the gore? How about Disney Plus oh my God. saying, you know what? Uh, we got to get ready for Deadpool. Uh, <laughs> let's just go for it. <laughs> let's slash some throats. Yeah. But what I loved about it was the B-movie goriness of it. Like, oh, yeah. it was so over the top. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting in the mood for the season. We watched Werewolf by Night. We watched Hubie Halloween. <laughs> and anyway, so today's <laughs> episode, <laughs> we're so going to get right into it. No thoughts on Hubie Halloween. <laughs> no, moving <laughs> on. Share. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> we've got a story to get to. That's true, though. <laughs> Super excited for today's another spooky story. Mm-hmm. Uh, creepy... Creepiness. I don't know yeah. what else to say. Creepiness. Just creepiness. Let's just give it to you. Creepiness. Yeah? Peter Reinbart was married, but his wife, Malika Fernandez, had disappeared without a trace. Ooh. Police were suspicious. Sure. But even though they dug through Peter's backyard garden, they didn't find any evidence that Peter had done anything to Malika. So Peter could breathe a sigh of relief. Until one day... Workers unearthed a human skull in the peat bog near his house. The game was up for Peter, but the real twist in the story was yet to come. So let's hear all about Peter Reinbart, Malika Fernandez, and bog bodies. Bog bodies, let's go. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana say welcome to hell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about corpses who are lying in crypts. A lover might be any type of monster at all. A ghoul, a ghost, or a demonic doll. But if there's a spirit worth a second chance, we'll put it in our show, Recryptulous Romance. <laughs> a production of iHeartRadio. Peter Reinbart was an airline employee in 1959 when he met a portrait artist and travel enthusiast named Malika Fernandez. Awesome. Please introduce me to a portrait (laughs) artist travel enthusiast. Uh, Well, no, you're not a portrait artist. I was about to say. You don't take any pictures. You don't do any paintings. I'm not an artist. Well. You could say I draw portraits of people in these podcasts oh yeah I'm a podcast artist yeah <laughs> totally enthusiast. you do your own version of a portrait yeah a verbal I'm portrait painting a picture with words yeah yeah a picture <laughs> is worth a thousand words and you pumped about two thousand words I into did. this so I this did. is this is two pictures worth <laughs> of story everybody 
So yeah, Peter met Malika and they'd only known each other for two hours when Peter proposed marriage. Oh. Malika accepted. Wow. And only four days later, they were married. 1959? You know. I mean, things weren't that bad back then. <laughs> Maybe it was like a whirlwind romance and they sure. just were both swept off their feet by I one another. I guess so. <laughs> their dating history must have been really miserable. Two hours? What kind of interview is conducted before you propose in two hours? Do you have to be like, what kind of politics do you have? How do you feel about raising children? What, <laughs> what's your money situation? Got any debts? Ultimate speed date. <laughs> For real. Yeah. But as quickly as they got married, their mar marriage started to kind of founder within a few months. It's not flounder? No. Well, it, it could be, I guess. Fa what is founder? Uh huh. Founder means to to crumble. I think. Oh, okay. Fail. All right. Flounder is. Flounder's a fish. I think he's well, famously friends with is, Ariel. Yes. <laughs> a flounder is a fish, but floundering uh, to struggle or stagger helplessly or clumsily in water or mud, like a bog. <laughs> And foundering is to fill with water and sink uh, of a ship, typically. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Either one. So either way, they were stumbling or sinking. Either way, things weren't working Bad out news. great. And y'all got a vocabulary lesson today. So did I. That's right. So yeah, things were shaky between the two. And they kind of were living a little bit separately. So Malika would travel alone. She would use Peter's airline discounts. Nice. Smart. And Peter would stay home at his cottage in Cheshire, England. And they went on like that for two years, which honestly doesn't sound so bad. I got an airline discount, go wherever I want. Yeah. All right. And he clearly was like, cool, I like to be in my cottage. Everything's great. I know. I literally know married couples like that. Or one of them's a flight attendant. Yeah. And they're perfectly happy to just not see each other very often. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you and I have, I guess, an unusual marriage in that way that we're And that we enjoy together. spending time together. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that we're constantly yeah, together. No, that's true. I know a lot of people could probably not handle that. Yeah, and sometimes I dream of what it would be like. Me too, babe. To have some time to yourself. <laughs> Me too, what? babe. How dare you? <laughs> I'm delightful at all times. Every second with me is a gift. <laughs> What's so funny? Oh, nothing. Just your delivery, I guess. <laughs> Not the See? content. <laughs> See? Hilarious at all times. Well, Malika didn't have an Eli. She had a Peter. So uh, she, she, a Peter. <laughs> she was off traveling. He would hang out at home chilling. And that was how they went on for two years until Malika mysteriously disappeared. Oh, no. Well, police were suspicious, obviously. Mysterious disappearances are kind of their thing. Supposedly. <laughs> There was no trace of Malika anywhere, and none of her family or friends had heard from her. I mean, if she had decided to leave her husband, like, surely she would have told someone, right? right. Or, or maybe gone somewhere to right. a friend's house, a relative or something. Now, obviously, their first suspect, boom, Peter. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, Sorry. buddy, your wife mysteriously disappeared. Uh, it's probably you. Because over half of murdered women in America and the UK are killed by their husbands or boyfriends. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got good odds. But even though they searched his house and his yard, they even dug up his garden to try and search for remains. They didn't find any evidence that Peter had done anything wrong or that Malika had even been killed. So finally, they were forced to give up. I mean, without a body, they had nothing to prove. So Peter 
just kind of chilled out. He was like, all right, you know, the heat's off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can go back to sitting in my chair not doing anything. Yeah. Now, Peter lived only 300 yards away from a 1,500-acre peat bog known as Lindo Moss. According to sciencehistory.org, this bog was formed when ice melted 11,000 years ago. Jeez. Um, and for generations, poor folks in this area supported themselves with peat. Which brings us to our new segment. It's time for a speed date with science. Searching for connection. Now, peat is extremely useful in a number of ways. Environmentally, it helps with water management and it acts as a carbon store. In fact, burning peat is being banned in England right now because it releases more carbon dioxide than burning coal. (laughs) Jeez. But for a very long time, peat was used as a fuel for stoves and as soil for crops. So workers in this area, they would cut blocks of peat by hand Mm -hmm. out of the bog. They'd lay them in the sun and turn them regularly regularly for two years to dry them out like a dirt rotisserie and then they'd sell it so literally dirt farmers literally dirt farmers. i'm going out cutting out bricks of grassy sod pretty much lay it out in the sun and every day oh did you turn the peat today <laughs> no i ain't turned it yet all right i'll go out and turn it no no you you turned the peat yesterday i'll get it i'll get it today maybe this is the origin of peat and peat Peter and Pete. I, get, I wish I had something for I that. Got, I got nothing. I, I hit a wall on that one. <laughs> that was, I got no reaction. <laughs> Whew. Sometimes they fall flat. That's all I know. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, we had our poor peasants doing all this by hand for a very, very long time. But finally, in the 1980s, the process was mechanized. So digging machines would scoop the peat out of the ground It lays in the sun in a loose pile to dry out, and then it's ground up for compost. And as science history says, quote, sold to mushroom growers around the country. But first, workers do have to check the raw peat to make sure that there aren't chunks of bark or branches in there that might, you know, clog up the grinder. Okay, so yes, robots took their jobs, Mm -hmm. but... Robots can't take every job. You still need human hands at some point. You have to supervise the robots with a human being. (laughs) Once again, automation coming in and destroying another career, the dirt farm. (laughs) You know, see, this is what we're letting happen every time we let the cars drive us around. Someone could be cutting that dirt out by hand. Think about that. You know, someone said back then they were like, oh, you know, sure, it's just dirt farmers today. But one day... Even our painters, their jobs will be taken by some sort of artificial intelligence. (laughs) That guy knew. That guy knew. He knew he was ahead of his time. So on May 13th of 1983, when two workers named Andy Mould and Stephen Dooley were standing by the peat mill's conveyor belt and noticed a big chunk of something in the peat, they did their job and they pulled it out. Now, Andy thought that it looked like maybe a small black leather soccer ball or something like that. Mm. Or, of course, in England, they would have said a football. A football. So they showed this lump their manager and they're joking around like, oh, I wonder what, 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 I'll find a dinosaur egg or something like that. <laughs> and so they wanted to figure out what it really was. So they washed it off. But instead of an egg, they realized what they were holding was a human skull. Ah! 
Its jaw was gone, but it still had some skin. And it had hair as well, and one eyeball, still intact, staring back at them unseen. This was no joke. They took the skull straight to the police. And we'll uncover this mystery right after this commercial break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show, everyone. So yeah, they found a skull in the peat, so Mm. creepy. 
So they took it to the police. And even though it had been over 20 years at this point since Malika Fernandez went missing, the police were still keeping an eye on old Peter Reinbart. Sure. They wanted to close this cold case for good. And when forensics reported that the skull belonged to a woman between 30 and 50 years old, they figured they'd pinned it. Oh, shit. I mean, they had everything they needed, right? Yeah. So they went straight down to his house, knocked on his door and said, Oh, hello, Peter. It's me, the constable again. (laughs) And, uh, listen, we just found the skull of a woman basically in your backyard. Is there anything you'd like to share with the class? (laughs) He's like... He's, he's got it in his hand, and he's like, Alas, your poor wife. I knew her well, Peter. He's like, uh, I've been I've been trying to get ahead of this case for a long time. Hey-o. Man, this, this cop should really go on his stand-up tour. I love a I, uh, show in the Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> if only. Well, Peter took one look at this constable. Holding the skull of an old dead woman. I assume he didn't actually have it with him, but. And Peter just broke down. He told the police everything. He just spilled the whole beans for breakfast (laughs) right there. He said, after they married, Malika would go on all these trips. And she left Peter to stay behind happily with his lover, a man. (gasps) Shocking development. So it sounds like maybe he proposed a fake marriage to Malika. That's mm-hmm. why everything went so quickly. Yes. Like they would both have all the freedoms they wouldn't otherwise have. Like she could be married to this dude, you know, and everybody stop harassing her about getting married. She could just go travel. Yeah. I've got a husband mm-hmm. and he could have his partner mm-hmm. that he loved. Right. And people not harassing him about when are you marrying some lady and having babies and all that stuff. Right. Like a beard. Right. She was his beard, I guess. Yeah. Very uh House of the Dragon. Rhaenyra <laughs> and uh Yeah, she's like, we'll both guy. dine as we see fit. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps at Speculation Station, this was the foundation of their marriage. Yeah. It all seemed good enough for Malika anyway at the time. But, Peter says, sometime in 1961, she came home from one of her trips and she started demanding money from him. She told him that if he didn't pay, she would tell everyone that he was gay. Mm. Now, we know from past episodes that homosexuality was illegal in England at this time. So really, Peter had some pretty high stakes in keeping his sexuality a secret. He could be imprisoned for living with a man. That's the worst case scenario. But at best, his life and career would be destroyed. Mm Mm-hmm. He would find it very hard to live in Cheshire if she was too loud about it. So Peter told the cops, look, I didn't have any money. I didn't have anything to give her. Mm -hmm. And she just kept threatening me. And he said, quote, something just boiled over inside of me. He grabbed her shoulders and started shaking her. He told the cops he didn't even realize that he had killed her until he stopped shaking. And she dropped to the ground. He had strangled her to death. Damn, he like blacked out. Yeah. He told the police, quote, I was terrified. He could not think clearly. The only thing that came to mind was to hide her. So like you do, he got an axe and dismembered her. Oh, Peter. Come on, Peter. He chopped off her head and her limbs. A 1983 United Press International article says he told the police that dismembering her was, quote, a terrible mess. 
I was covered in blood. Blimey. <laughs> Blimey. Who could have thought? <laughs> oh, Peter, what did you think it was going to be? A terrible mess. And then he tried burning her body. You know, no trace, you know, kind of thing. Right. But it requires extreme heat and several hours for a human body to burn to ash. Yeah. Crematoriums burn remains for over two hours in ovens that reach 1,600 to 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Right, right. And even then, bones don't burn. They have to be ground down into a powder. Right. They usually get a giant to come in and grind those bones <laughs> to make their to bread. To make their bread, yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> It's very interesting to learn this, and it does seem kind of obvious once you do, because like the human body, for example, is very wet. Yeah. So true. you couldn't just light a match and watch it. I mean, like, I've had a pie in the oven too long. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's not gonna catch fire. Mm -hmm. Um, even if it does, you're gonna left be left with a big charred pie. It's not true. gonna disappear mm -hmm. into nothing. So I don't know why someone th would think that just a little campfire is gonna Movies, totally I guess. Yeah, I'm sure he watched a lot of movies out in here in the bog. 1961. <laughs> it's well, <laughs> your mom's gonna be like, actually, there's a great movie from 1961. <laughs> He's just like, that's what you do, fire, corpse. He, he was probably just like, I don't know. It's the only way when when you want to burn when you want to get rid of some evidence, you right. throw it into a fire. Right. He had definitely not yet seen Breaking Bad. No. So he hadn't quite learned. Not gotten the that. proper way to dispose of a or Snatch, where they fed him to pigs. Oh, he should have just fed him to some pigs. There's got to be pigs around in Cheshire somewhere. Surely. If you live in Cheshire, let us know if there's a lot of pigs around <laughs> that he could have used. <laughs> Human flesh hungry pigs. <laughs> no, anyway, so it's really not a surprise that Peter discovered that burning was not going to work nearly as fast or as neatly as he was hoping. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's probably in a panic at this point. He's like, I've got all these body parts scattered around. There's blood all over me. I look right. hella suspicious right now. I'm covered <laughs> in blood and I've got charred human chunks all over my house. <laughs> this story makes it more obvious why the police are a little suspicious. Because yeah. surely somebody was looking at Peter like, what's he doing today? Why does it smell like a barbecue <laughs> at Peter's, at Peter's house? house? No, instead, Peter realized that he had a convenient bog nearby. So he scattered her remains in there. And he kind of hoped that they would break down and just become a part of the soil. And right. No harm, no foul. Except for, you know, Malika. But Peter was dead wrong. <laughs> Science history explains that if a body is thrown into a bog when it's 39 degrees or colder... And if the bog maintains a regular temperature lower than 50 degrees and stays wet all year, it can actually preserve bodies better than ancient mummies in Egypt. Wow. They write, quote, Sphagnum mosses change the chemistry of the bodies of water around them, making them highly acidic for a natural environment and very low in dissolved materials. As the floating mosses die, they build up layers at the bottom of the bog. The decaying mosses release sugars and humic acids into the water, which consume oxygen as they break down. With the surface blocked by the live moss, the water becomes anaerobic or oxygen-free. Under these conditions, human tissues don't decay. Instead, they tan like leather. Skin turns brown, hair turns red, and objects in or around the body dissolve away, as does most clothing. Whoa. 
iflscience.com writes, quote, fall into one of these, and when you get discovered centuries later, you very well could look like somebody who fell in yesterday while playing dress up as a murdered 400 BCE peasant. Mm. So there's no way Malika could have decomposed as completely as Peter was hoping. Right, and fortunately, right, because we found some evidence, now we're putting away a murderer. This yeah. is good stuff. I mean, this is like falling into a cryogenic tube and dying Seriously, there. <laughs> how weird. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll dissolve her in formaldehyde. <laughs> Uh-oh. No. Peter needed a, a speed date with science. Yes, he did. <laughs> he sure did. Uh-huh. Now, as far as the lead policeman, Detective Inspector George Abbott, was concerned, the case was closed. Sure. And the head's the right age. Peter confessed. No big deal. We're done here. Yeah, I don't need to hear anything else. Exactly. I'm good. So as Peter awaited his trial, Detective Abbott oversaw a crew who searched the bog carefully for the rest of Malika's remains. Mm -hmm. But they never found anything else. Just this head. Now that struck Detective Abbott as being kind of weird. Like, where's the rest of Malika? So ever curious, he sent the head to Oxford University and asked them to take a look at it. Maybe they'd be able to answer more questions than the police forensics team had been able to. Which I love the idea of being a professor at Oxford and just being like, oh, a package. I wonder what's in here today. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you just randomly get sent body parts by strangers. But the main thing for Detective Abbott was they got the murderer, you know. Right. So we're good to go. Peter's trial began in December 1983. The cops wanted a life sentence. Peter was hoping to get his charges downgraded from murder to manslaughter because he was like, I was being blackmailed and felt threatened and so on. Yeah. But one piece of testimony threw the entire courtroom into an uproar. And we'll find out what that is right after this spooky word from our sponsors. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose, I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Boo! Welcome back to the show, everyone. A professor from Oxford University's archaeology department had examined Malika's head as requested by Detective Abbott. Now, according to him, the radiocarbon dating demonstrated that there was no way in hell that this skull belonged to Malika Fernandez. Why? Well, because the skull belonged to someone who died over 1,600 years ago in the year 410. Oh, shit! People were, gosh, swoggled. Especially Peter, who basically had the worst facepalm of all time. Right? Damn it. I mean, he immediately tried to recant his confession. Uh-huh. Like, oh, oh, whoa, wait, did I say murdered my wife? Because I meant I murdered uh, the joke that I told her. <laughs> Very funny. Really slayed. I burned that joke up and drowned it in a bog. And I dismembered it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... As IFL Science writes, quote, it was a bit late for takesy-backsies. I think that's a legal term. Mm -hmm. In the 1983 United Press International article, the prosecutor, Martin Thomas, told the jury, quote, the skull has been preserved in the peat bog for over 16 centuries and obviously has nothing to do with Malika Reinbart. 
but the supreme irony is this. Its discovery led directly to the arrest of the defendant and to his detailed confession. I mean, seriously, how much is Peter kicking himself? Right. For the rest of his life, probably. Seriously. It's like, never talk to the police. (laughs) The jury deliberated for three hours before finding Peter Reinbart guilty of murder. And he spent the rest of his life in prison. But the story does not end there. Remember Andy Mould, the guy at the peat factory who discovered that small leather soccer ball that Mm -hmm. kicked us all off? He found yet another grisly discovery at work. Oh, no. The following year in 1984, he plucked what looked like a piece of wood out of the peat. Oh, that ain't wood. And in an interview with the Manchester Museum in 2008, he said, quote, We gave it a little clean. Then we saw the toenails. Oh. Ew. Surprise toenails are just gross. No. I know. I, know, I do not like to be surprised. If ever you're not expecting a toenail and you get a toenail, <laughs> it's always bad news. I don't care what situation <laughs> you're in. There's never a point in your life where you say, oh, good, a toenail. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect it, but I'm glad I found it. (laughs) I'm saving this for later. (laughs) Now, the police, as well as the local archaeologist Rick Turner, were immediately notified. Now, everybody thought that this had to be a piece of Malika Fernandez, right? right? Because they've been looking for the rest of her limbs for a while. Seriously. But not only was it not her, it did not belong to the person whose skull they found either. What? This was a completely different guy who had died between 2 BCE and 119 CE. Oh, my God. Now known as Lindo Man. And scholars are still heatedly debating whether or not Lindo Man was murdered, died naturally, or was a ritual sacrifice. Okay, so Malika. Mm Mm-hmm. Other lady. Yep. The head they found. Someone else. And now Lindo Man. Yeah. How many bodies are they going to dig out of this bog? I mean, it's kind of sounding like Lake Mead in Vegas. Right. Where they're like, now that the water's going down, we're finding <laughs> lots of mafia oh, kills. These mob bodies. Bog bodies and mob bodies. <laughs> Jeez. That's, this bog's just, this bog is actually, we discovered, 76% human remains. <laughs> we thought <laughs> it was dirt this whole time. <laughs> Turns out to be toenails. Well-preserved 2,000-year-old <laughs> feet just all <laughs> over this bog. That's crazy. Nuts. Nuts. Um, I don't know. Part of me is like, bury me in a bog. I guess so. So that the, you know, one day they can just reanimate me. Ew. You mean Weekend at Bernie's, your bog body? No, don't weekend at Bernie's. It actually reanimate me. I don't want to oh, be sorry. I don't want to be puppeted around. You want to actually okay. I want to take the little ray gun that we'll invent in the future that brings well-preserved bodies back to life. Right. Same one they're gonna use for like <laughs> Walt Disney and all them. Of course. And you know, zap. Now here's my question. Uh-huh. Now, in this scenario, yeah. your body has no, no, no. degraded significantly. No, Does no. this ray gun Yes restore you? Reagan brings me back to my <laughs> my uh, most youthful self. Your hottest age. Yeah. Whatever that might be. Yeah. Let's say 24. Some of us are hotter later in life. Eh, you know what I mean? Okay. You, so you would, if you could, you would go back to your 22-year-old look. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Or like nine. Nine? I was a cute kid. 
Wow. <laughs> I hope people were not going up to your nine-year-old being like, wow, you're a real hottie. I didn't that say I was a hot kid. I said I was a cute kid. What I said was your hottest look. <laughs> and you said nine. <laughs> look, I'm just thinking of myself at my most confident. <laughs> When I was nine. It was probably nine. I really felt, I was feeling myself. Oh, man. I had the, <laughs> I had the world in my hands. What happened? People kept telling me I was gifted. Where? What happened to that? Oh. Well, yes, both the Lindo man and Malika, presumably. Right. And uh, this other head that they found. These are all examples of bog bodies. And these are becoming more and more well-known. The first bog body was discovered in 1640 in Germany, but since then, many more have been discovered in peat bogs in Denmark, the Netherlands, Ireland, UK, northern Germany, a lot of boggy places, even, even the North America. Uh, pretty much anywhere there's a bog, <laughs> you might find some bodies in there. Well, and with those very specific conditions. Right. That's what I find so interesting about this, that they were like, it has to be a certain temperature when you yeah. fell in and it has to maintain a certain temperature and all this stuff. Like, it's very, oh. like, pretty, pretty um, exact. Because you got to think there can't be a lot of other animal life in there, too. Like, right. you fall into the Yoki Finoki Swamp here in Georgia uh, yeah. and you're gator food. That's it. Right? That's Nobody's it ever going to find any part of your body. Right. Uh, because you will have become one with the ecosystem <laughs> yeah, very quickly. <laughs> Extremely quickly. <laughs> I know that's what maybe I was kind of like, oh, it's I'm, I, a bog must be different from marsh because marsh right. feels hot to me, like tropical. Oh, okay. And a bog is cool and foggy and Maybe sort of. Sounds like. I mean, if again, my knowledge of 50s horror movies is mm -hmm. right. A bog is, a bog has fog. A bog has fog. A bog has frog. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I looked up Marsh and I just found the first thing to come up is Marsh Insurance Company. I don't care about that. <laughs> also, why would you call it Marsh? Oh, yeah. I really want my insurance company to be all about sticky, swampy, <laughs> dark, gooey places. All I think of is Monster Plantation from Six Flags. They go, don't go into the marsh. Of course. Of course. If you're from Atlanta, that's the first thing you think when you hear the word marsh. Uh -huh. uh, marsh is an area of low-lying land, which is flooded in wet seasons or at high tide and typically remains waterlogged at all times. Mm. So is a bog a marsh? Look, uh, I don't know. Who do we need? An ecologist? Yeah, maybe Somebody so. write in and tell us the difference between a bog and a marsh. Yeah. I'm sure we could Google it, but we'd rather hear it from you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's always better to you're like, oh, why don't you just Google it? I'm like, because I'd rather hear a human being who knows what they're talking about tell mm -hmm. me than like the internet. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes that's so true, especially with like a science fact uh -huh. or something where people, you might get a nerd who's like real into it. Yeah. And they'll be like, not only will I answer your question, but I'm going to tell you something real fucking weird about right. it too that you never would have seen. Yeah. Kind of like if someone was like, hey, tell me the story of the bog body on this show. Before you know it, they're learning about the difference between foundering and floundering. <laughs> they're learning about peat moss and That's right. dirt farmers. Because people like us can't help it. No, it's true. Just keep talking <laughs> to fill the silence. <laughs> All right. So science history says the way back in the day, 16, 1700s, when these bog bodies were discovered, they were usually given regular Christian burials and they would decompose naturally. But in more recent years, people got more interested in how these bodies were so well preserved. Mm -hmm. So instead of just finding one and saying, oh, well, 
throw it in a grave. <laughs> They're like, wait, hang, let's, what the hell's going on here? Yes, okay, this guy looks normal. Right. <laughs> and he's been dead a long time. Because that's the thing, it, the, these look much better than even the carefully preserved mummies of ancient Egypt. Now, science history writes, quote, the famous Toland man of Denmark, for instance, could almost pass for an old man peacefully asleep with a hat still on his head, whiskers on his chin, and a leather garrote around his neck. So, hot tip from Ridiculous Romance, everybody. (laughs) If you're planning on killing anybody this Halloween, just remember... Don't throw them into a bog. Don't throw them into a bog. And they will not burn very quickly either. Hotter tip. uh, Don't. Just don't Don't. kill kill anybody. Please. We got enough of that. Plenty of that to go around. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the story of the bog body. And they Uh still have not found a trace of Malika Fernandez. Damn. And he went and confessed the whole thing. He sure did. He's like, oh, boy, is my foot in my mouth. Um, somebody's foot. somebody's foot. Uh, oh, a toenail. Um, Ooh. man, uh, what a awkward confession. Well, you know. Hotter tip: if the cops come to you <laughs> with a skull and say, "Is this your ex-wife's?" Maybe you just say, "Hard like a lawyer, no. please." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, never confess. Don't say anything. Uh, got a lawyer <laughs> present. Uh, unless you did it, and then please do confess. I mean, I'm not like, oh, I wish Peter hadn't got confessed away to murdering it. his, yeah, you know. That's true. Obviously. That's true. But it does, it is a big, like you said, a facepalm moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh! Now I'll say to you, I want to throw this out there, especially if you know this story or if you want to go look it up and find more information. Yeah. Um, Sciencehistory.org does go on to say that Peter Reinbart had been imprisoned at some point for, quote, Sex crimes against children. Oh, no. And on this IMDb forum, a user says they dug a little deeper and found that Peter and his accomplice, Paul Corrigan, kidnapped and killed a 13-year-old boy. Mm. Now, that seemed odd to me that the police were keeping an eye on this guy because he had committed sex crimes against children that he got out of jail for right. randomly. And then they like let him go back home. I don't know. That just didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I Googled Peter's name as trying to find some particulars about this case or why they let him out or whatever. And I just can't find anything to back this up. Paul Corrigan did come up. Um, he certainly did kill a young boy. Um, his accomplice's name in the reports, though, is Derek McIns, not Peter Reinbart. Okay. So I'm just really not sure where anyone got that information, and that's why we didn't really include it in this story. But yeah. if you're from England, if you know what they're talking about, please let us know, because yeah. it makes me hate Peter a lot more. Right. Because <laughs> I did, I don't want him to get away with murder. No. But I did feel a little sympathy if his, if his, if it's true that Malika was trying to blackmail him. Right, for being about gay. About his sexuality. Yeah. I don't think that you should murder anyone over that, but you can kind of see where that might cause a lot of fear and a lot of anger in someone and cause them to snap. So it's, again, not to condone murder (laughs) or anything. I was just like, well, you know, Peter should should get in trouble, but I can see why at least there's a reason, if not an excuse for his behavior. Could bring that down to manslaughter, maybe. Bring it down to manslaughter, Which maybe. Which is one of the reasons we have a difference between those two things, right? Exactly, because right. Because there's circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... Intentions, um, yeah. Right. All but then, way. but if he, like, you know, killed a young boy, uh, also, if right. he's just a murderer, mm-hmm. that's definitely a different story. Right. And, I, you know, that was another reason it felt like a red flag to me that they said sex crimes against children because... That was... Again... 
homosexuality was illegal. And often, often they're doing it today. A lot of the rhetoric likes to tie anyone gay with pedophilia. It's crazy. It is crazy and untrue and completely fucked up to do that. So I was kind of like, maybe somebody accused him because he was gay and he got in trouble, but he never actually did anything. I I really don't know. I couldn't find anything. So please do let us know if you have any idea where that info came from. Right, right. Very interesting. Oof. This one's, it's so, it's a different kind of creepy. It's, this episode is recryptulous Mm -hmm. solely in the fact that there's a bog. (laughs) I mean, like this could be any time of the year murder story, Mm -hmm. but you throw an English bog in there and suddenly I'm in the spookiest place I can imagine. Vibes. Right? There's definitely a bog. There's definitely, uh, if there's a bog, then it's all misty, mm-hmm. it's cold, and somewhere in the distance, there's like a horse with flaming eyes. Oh, you know, I was going to say like an owl hooting. Oh, definitely like owls. Back, and you're like, and a rustling in the, uh, in the bushes or something. Uh-huh. Some, we- some other weird squawking sound. Like you don't know if it's a bird or a monster. Oh. Then Ooh. the footstep or a twig breaking mm-hmm. you just know there's someone out there yeah but you can't see anyone oh no but maybe they can see you Ooh. uh very scary um <laughs> you sounded like you're real terrified <laughs> really it really got me on you're that really one. peeing your pants there yeah definitely horrified <laughs> uh this is a cool story um this is a tragic couple yeah and uh and an untimely demise mm-hmm. and a fascinating Science experiment. Yeah. I do wish we knew a little more about that two-hour conversation they had originally. I know. Well, I like your idea that he was just like, hey, you need someone to marry. I need someone to marry. We get along, okay? But how do they know that? That's what I'm just like in the two-hour. Were they like hanging out at an airport bar or something? Uh And they just happen to start cutting it up, you know, like you do with a stranger. Uh And he's just like, well, you know, I'm an airline attendant whatever he did for the airline and she's like oh i just love to travel my dream is to have a a husband <laughs> who works for the airline so that i can travel for free uh-huh. and he's like my dream is to have a wife who won't want to fuck me <laughs> and she was like listen here i don't want to fuck you so this could work out great <laughs> uh yeah that could be it i mean like what was the uh what was the secret gay language back then polaris polaris was that yeah. happening at this time yeah maybe she knew it Maybe <gasps> she dropped a couple of terms and he was like, oh, you're down mm, with the with crowd. The and yeah. And um, and and that's how the whole thing started. Maybe. I'm just so curious how they decided with so quickly to bind their lives together. Yeah. And then four days later, get married, which I'm assuming they just were like, let's just go on down and get get this done. Yeah. And she's like, I got I'm trying to get to the Maldives. Let me right. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I mean, the fact that it was so quick, I think lends a lot of credence to that angle. Yeah. Right. That they're yeah. like they're this marriage was not one born of some deep infatuation that happened very suddenly. Yeah. Because he was gay for yeah. one. Um, so, so yeah, it does seem like they quickly came to an arrangement. I don't know, you know, and how true is the two hours thing either? It's true. There's, I mean, who, who knows how long they really, maybe they did know each other like back in the day or something like as kids or I don't know. That's what we like to bring on this show. A lot of, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's why you come to us. 
Uh, I guess we, we'll have to go digging through the bog if we ever want to find the answers. Yeah. And then we'll have to reanimate uh, Malika's skull. Mm -hmm. And then she can tell us. And we go, why, why did y'all get married so, so quickly? what happened? She was like, this is why you reanimated my decapitated head. I know. <laughs> She'd probably be like, thanks for finding my decapitated head. Yeah, sure. I That's what I would tell her. I'd be like, sounds... <laughs> ungrateful but okay <laughs> or it's like buffy where she's like i was in paradise oh, shit. and you reanimated me into this swampy decapitated skull true look it's halloween yeah we're all excited about ghouls and corpses around here uh malika's too so i'm so glad that y'all tuned in for this one hope the spooky season is upon you and mm -hmm. making you feel all creeped out yeah and it was just really cool to learn the science of, of all bugs. this Creepy bog bodies and body preservation and burning body. I've just took a lot of notes for no reason. Oh, okay. All right. Well, just so you that all I have it in case I need it. Right. It's on record. Um, just want to put that out there for everyone to make sure you download <laughs> this episode and keep it close. Inspector Abbott. <laughs> in case Eli mysteriously disappears, <laughs> I would like to put on the record that I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Well, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, hope you all enjoyed this story. As yeah. all stories, please send us any ideas that you have. Send us any information that you might have about this one or any yeah. of our stories. We'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Our email is ridicromance at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at oh great, it's Eli, And I'm at Diana Might. Boom! And the show, of course, is at ridicromance. Right. Follow along. Uh, sub subscribe? I don't think they do that anymore. Just follow. Just make sure you listen to us every week, twice a week. And we'll hit you next time with another recruptulous romance. We can't wait. Happy Halloween! Bye-bye. So long, friends. It's time to leave. But we'll rise again on Hallow's Eve. Put your friends in a vampiric trance. And play for them our show, Recryptulous Romance! <laughs>I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.